0: Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in Second Corinthians 517. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Come and speak to
1: us today, and let's not go as we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's a new morning, and we want to thank God for this new morning that he has put into our praises. I want to thank the Lord. My name is Obed Commander, and here with my dear wife, Louise, and all our children, Elton, Lynn, you know, Leah, who is praise not commonly known as Praise, and Ruth. We've been happily married with Louise for about 16 years. Very good 16 years. And the Lord has blessed us with those four wonderful children. You know, I remember that time when I first say I believe in Jesus Christ is 29 years ago. I was just reflecting. That was 1991 when I was in my seventh grade. And I have never said, why did I follow Christ? It's been a journey of 29, yet to make 30 years, three decades to come. Next year, want to thank the Lord for that. Now, the question would be, why did you have to say you're accepting Christ in your seventh grade? This is what people say. I want to wait when I'm old, when I'm a big man, and then I'll do sins, and then I'll accept Christ. My passion and willingness to follow Christ was to walk, talk, and follow his life as Christ as Christ lived life so that I am able to live and grow in faith, but also be able to discern my journey of life as a young person. And I can tell you it's been a time of peace, a time of harmony, a time of productivity. I must say this, because if you believe in Christ when you're young, believe you me, you will never go wrong. Praise the Lord. People say you're still young, you're not going to make it. But I want to thank God that 29 years down the road, we have seen the Lord work in our lives. Praise God. Now, one thing I wanted to make also clear is that it's coming to two years already when we are here in Seattle. When we arrived in September 2018, it just looks like yesterday. Of course, for me, it's already two years because I came July of 2018, but my family joined me in September. So I want to thank God because we joined this church September, 2018, and it will be September next month. So I want to thank God for the fire he has brought us. In the life of 29 of knowing Christ, but also 42 years of my life, I have known that it's interesting to trust God in everything you do. And that has made me... Live to know that once you accept Christ and follow what he tells you, you will never go wrong. It's the reason today I find myself and my family here in Seattle something we never anticipated any moment in our lives that will be here. But here we are, you know, two years in Seattle, one of the expensive cities of the world, And the Lord has been with us, feeding us, talking to us, and bringing all of you in our lives. We want to thank the Lord so much. Today is a day, a special day, and I will be speaking a lot about, you know, in the world, but not of the world. And I want to spend some bit of time, you know, bringing into perspective what this means in our Christian lives. But... You know, try to listen in and see God's face in his presence as we speak this morning. At a time like this one where COVID-19 and other uncertainties continue to rock places globally, including Seattle, where everyone is putting on masks, where everyone has to social distance, there's no more going into, you know, parks like anymore, very limited outdoor opportunities, loss of employment. I can't name it all. It's, it's just horrible what is going on. Income for many is gone. You know, people don't have money. It's, it's tight. People who've kept thinking stock is going to be it for them. There's a weakened stock market. And all this is coupled with the renewed racial protests in the US under the Black Lives Matter movement that was sparked by the death of George Floyd, and one wonders how easy is it to remain and be a strong Christian in a world such as this that we are living in without being of the world and if I want us to spend a few moments you know you know reflecting and looking at what Christ is teaching us about such kinds of times but also what it means for us as Christians I also want to remind you that as we move as a a Christian community, when godliness is appearing to live by the values of Christ and being able to live as a Christian is being mocked day by day by people, people can't believe that you're a Christian in the current situation. You know, the global standards have changed. And as a result, many believers, I believe, even within us and those watching us right now are confused on how to live Christ-like lives. And as a result, many are getting lost day by day, believe me, in the day-to-day living to fit in the world so as to live peacefully in their uncertain, you know, and family and social environments because things have changed totally. Now while in one sense that may seem to be the best way people think as the right action to take to survive the storms that we are in, the Bible says it is a false way of living. It's not the way we are going to live as Christians. And I want to remind us that as we read in the New Testament, it's clear and very clear that we are not to become entangled with the world. Repeat. We are not to become entangled in the world. Now, at the first glance, a new Christian might shrink from this idea and question. But what I want to ask today is what is the world? What do we understand the world? There are at least three meanings attached to the word world. And I want to just spend a little minute to explain that to all of us here. First, The Bible says in Acts 17, verse 24, someone will be raising that up, that there is the created world. God made the world and everything in it. Amen? This is the world that the Lord made by his own hands, that we will live in it. And everything that lives in this world must praise the Lord because it was created by God. Second, they are the inhabitants of the world. Whom God loves and for whom Christ died. John 3.16 says that very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and you can add on and add on, that whatsoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The third thing about the world, there is what we call the cosmos. The world system. Of things, how things happen, which is headed by Satan and based upon self, upon greed, upon the pride, people standing out with pride and thinking they are the, the best of all and there's no one else, people thinking they have the power over everything. This is the world that God warns about, and it is the world system and philosophy that Christians are to shun. And remain free from I want us to get to what are the clear signals when the Bible says in the world but not to be in the world to be of the world now the warnings are so clear and I want to just touch a few of them because we can't finish this chapter is so long this topic is so big the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2 Romans 12 verse 2 and it says do not be conformed to this world. Simple verse. Do not be conformed to this world. And the Bible father teaches in Galatians chapter one verse four that Christ gave Himself for our sins, that He may deliver us from this present evil age. Evil age. The cosmos, the world that we are living in, a world that is full of evil controlled by the evil controlled by the spirit of the evil because no one wants to see good happen but people want to see evil and they rejoice in doing evil in other words the world was such a great danger to our souls that this danger caused christ the son of god his only son to go to the cross and deliver us from it praise the Lord Amen. and this is where we get the power and the authority which we had yesterday when we talked about the Holy Spirit if Christ didn't come to die for humankind we wouldn't have the power over the evil that we see in the world praise God throughout the Bible the lines are so clear brethren and they are clearly drawn out definitely between the world of unbelievers and the world of the children of God. I want us to read James chapter 4, verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. It adds that whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Jesus himself, as he prayed for his disciples, if you remember in John 17, 14, to 16 said these words the world has hated them because they are not of the world raise up that verse if you can see it John 17 verse 14 to 16 that the world has hated them because they are not of the world just just as I am not of the world i do not pray that you should take them out of the world but you should keep them from the evil one praise god they are not of the world just as i'm not of the world this is jesus himself speaking to the disciples speaking of that world that we are living in not of the world not to be like that of the world because jesus himself who we follow who you and me are proud of following Is not of the world. Praise God. And therefore, we are not called to be of the world. The world has hated them. This is Jesus talking the same words when he was speaking to his disciples. And again, I remember Jesus saying in John 15, 18, when he says, If the world hates you, John 15, 18, if the world Hates you. You know that it ha- it hated me before it hated you. Praise God. And if you belong to the world, then the world would love you as its own. This is the Bible saying. Verse nineteen actually goes like this: "But I chose you from the world, and you do not belong to it. That is why the world hates you. Praise God." It's no surprise that you'll be hated by mankind. It's no surprise that by what you do, people will hate you. By me standing here and say the name of the Lord. By Pastor standing here, in our country we call Pastor Harold Franklin's, you know, qualification as a lawyer a land friend. He's a land friend, and you talk about Jesus Christ. What are you talking about? People believe that Christ is for those who are not learned. People who have not gone to school. It's it's very challenging. But Christ came that we are not going to be the same as of the world. And that's the reason people hate us. Because of that. I want us to continue because the Bible is very clear on these signals. The Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy Verse three, I mean chapter three, verse 12, Second Timothy three, verse 12. And it says that the Christians will face opposition in the world. It says the words that all who desire to live godly, in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So just as Christ's life, with all its love, All the love that he showed humankind when he was alive, when he healed the sick, when he fed the hungry, but still he was hated. Even when he did that, his concern, his selflessness, all that he did, he was rebuked to the world of his time. So our lives with Christ abiding in us today in these hard times we are in bring about criticism. People are going to criticize us for what we believe in, for what we trust in, because of being of Christ. And this is not strange, because Christ already said about that. We are going to see opposition and persecution from those who cannot comprehend the mystery of God's redemptive grace. Now, one questions why God would even allow what is happening in the world currently? happen I know many unbelievers ask those questions but how God how could he allow coronavirus to go all over the world you know and not stop it if he's God these are questions people continue asking without asking themselves why this could be happening God's ways are not our ways and in his wisdom God has a reason why he has allowed everything that we see happening to happen. We just need to seek his face every day. Even more to hear from him. Because these are not the same times that we are living in. Praise the Lord. With the criticism and opposition and persecution, the Bible instead teaches that, that we should not be discouraged. We should not be discouraged. We should not lose hope. By the beleaguers, the antagonism, and all the pressure that is put on us as Christians. Instead, we are to consider it as evidence that we are identified with Christ. Praise the Lord. If someone is persecuting you, if someone is opposing you, just know that you are doing it right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just know that you are doing it right. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 11, 12. When he said, blessed are you, when they do what? When they hurt you, when they insult and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil and lies against you falsely for my sake. Of course, they are going to speak lies. Maybe you have done the lies. But for Jesus' sake, you must be happy that people are speaking lies. And you must rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. That's what the Bible says. But let us not be deceived by these situations and by the questions and by the pressures that we are put on in these times that we are in. And I want us to, I want to explain what exactly the Bible wants us to see around that. In this complex generation in which we are finding ourselves, I call it complex generation of our time because, you know, it has multiple uncertainties. It's not easy for a Christian right now to distinguish between that which is spiritual and that which is unspiritual. Because of what is going on. It's too much. Unless you seek of Christ and ask Christ to give you that worldview, you are not going to be able to see what is spiritual and what is not spiritual. But the Bible reminds us of 2 Corinthians 11:14. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14. It reminds us of how Satan is called. So you are able to see some of these indicators so that you are not deceived. He called Satan an angel of light. He's a great imitator. And it is not always easy to distinguish between Satan's world and the realm where God reigns. If you remember... When Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 24, that if it is possible, Satan would deceive even those chosen ones. Remember those same words? If it is possible, Satan would even deceive those chosen ones. Meaning it is a, a very hard situation because Satan comes in those moments where you don't even expect them. And you'll think he's... Christ. The world has its own diversions and entertainment that so permeate the entire atmosphere globally that it makes it the way of the cross and the living faithful seem old-fashioned and irrelevant. People think worshiping like we've just been worshiping and talking about the love of Christ what he has done for us, and you're jumping and dancing like my mom here. You know, people think you're just crazy. You're running crazy, you know, in a suit, and you're dancing before the Lord. That's what not being Christ means, because they don't know the value of what what knowing Christ looks like. So people think this is irrelevant. People think it's old fashions because there are new ways of doing things. There is Instagram, there is TikTok, there is whatever passing with messages, with songs, with whatever that engages the young population. In most of these pronounced diversions that take away you know from the love of God, the media the media has been institutionalized to promote this globally. And why? With the name of God to be disrespected not only that, but to be insulted. Not only with pornography and other sexual examples that you have heard of and seen and watch every day. For example, sex has been glamorized and romanticized, you know, globally on Instagram, that even just picking of phone, you're going to see what you want. Very sadly, this is what the world we are living in looks like. Ethical living is no more. Christian moral standards are no more, and people laugh at them, causing even more confusion for the young ones because it's difficult. In fact, you should stand out strong with morals anywhere, be it with friends or at work. You often face great oppositions. You show up with those good morals. You tell people you can't steal from work when you have lost your employment or they have reduced your salary, people look at you as, are you crazy? You know, in Africa, there's lots of corruption sometimes with procurement and people get lots of, you know, deals with procurements. And you're a Christian and you say you can't be corrupt. People look at you and wonder what you are. I have faced these in many of my works. I didn't talk about that. It's crazy because the world has made the standard of how The world should run its business. And as Christians, we find ourselves entangled into all this if we are not careful. Now, I want us to also remember that as followers of Christ, and as many Christians are caught up in this trap I've talked about, and tricked into believing that they cannot enjoy life except as being of the world, It's not true. The happiest people I have known are those that are separated followers of Jesus Christ. Praise God. God. They are not dependent upon artificial stimulants. You're not going to follow artificial stimulants by you following stuff that brings you joy for two minutes and you don't have joy after that. You know, they do not have to abuse your bodies to be happy. You know, to have the joy. Because that's what people have known now is the odd of the day. But it doesn't work like that. They do not have to fight for recognition spaces. You don't have to fight for recognition. To be, you know, I am the one, I am on top of stuff, I am, you know, everything. You don't have to fight for that. Once you have believed Christ, you know you are under Christ and Christ knows you and knows your space i don't have to fight to be known or to be called who i am supposed to be called now i want us to see that even christ and the old testament also speaks about this in psalm 16:11 psalm 16:11 reminds us that your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever praise god Your praises, Lord, this is David, you know, in his worship. Your praises fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever. So if you're there and you still believe, believing in Christ is the worst thing you can ever do and you will not have joy, then you need to know that forever having joy is through knowing Christ. Praise the Lord. Christianity is not a long list of restrictions, to the best of my knowledge. It flings open the windows to the real joy of living. You know, the world would have us believe that following Christ is nothing, but thou shalt not. It's not about that. The world would have us believe that Christianity is a kill joy. You're not going to have the joy you need or a dull or impassive kind of life unnatural natural or abnormal life but look at Pastor Harold look at my look at myself I am happy even when I believe in Christ I don't have to go in the world to receive the joy that I need praise God and I want to remind us of one evidence that Jesus talked about in john verse chapter 10 verse 10 itself if you remember that verse that i have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly praise the lord there is life in knowing christ brethren the source of life the source of wisdom the source of property the source of everything that you may think about because the Bible says it in John 15, 7, that ask anything. If you remain in me and my word in you, then ask anything. Not, there's nothing that you can think of that God can't do. Praise God. So there is source of joy. There is life. You know, young people who are inside here, people will tell you, why do you want to kill your life by accepting Christ when you're young? We are here. People mocked us and said, hmm, "Let's wait, and you go to university. You leave Christ." We went to university, we came back, and we still had Christ. Praise the Lord! <laughs> they said, "You'll get jobs, and you'll be bosses, and you'll get away from Christ." We got jobs. I was a CEO of an organization. I am a CEO of and a founder of an organization, and I hired over eighty-five staff, gave them jobs on salary. And I still remained for Christ. So don't be deceived that, you know, believing Christ is the source of your loss of enjoying your life. It's it's the source of your joy for life. I got married to a beautiful wife. I have got beautiful children and handsome children. It's the love of Christ because there is joy in Christ. Many people talk about, you can't live with a wife for 20 years, 15 years. Hello, you need Christ. Because it is possible to be with a wife for 16 years. At least I have been with mine for 16 years. And I am counting many more years, up to 100 or 50, whichever God will give me. Praise God. So Christ is the source of life, and we must not be deceived that what we believe In Christ we will not have the life and I want to also say that those who have been truly renewed and transformed in Jesus Christ know the meaning of abandoned life even in the little you feel the abundance of Christ the joy the peace even when you lack you know that Christ has done it you haven't seen it yet amen you know that the man is coming. You know that the rent is coming. Even when you're not sure where it is going to come from. We have so many testimonies in Seattle. God has been there for us. And it's because we believe in his name. But without Christ, even with much, you feel you need more. Even when you have the pocket full, you need like you need more and more. And this is the source of sin. This is the source of death we are seeing in the world. Because people want to control as much and much, amass as much as they can, and yet they cannot even use even a quarter of what they are amassing. And they don't find joy. The Bible teaches us that worldliness is a force. It's a spirit. An atmosphere of the cosmos that is in opposition to all that is godly and Christian. You could find ourselves and ask, But what is it that Jesus talked about when he said, in the world, but not of the world. Worldliness is a force. It's a spirit. It's an atmosphere of the cosmos. Its goal is only one aim. Selfish pleasure and satisfaction. People having the selfish, you are never full. You want to have everything to yourself. You want to pull everything to you and you alone. It's only you and only you alone. And, and that's, that's, that's the source of all that we see. All the evil, material success, and the pride of life. It's ambitiousness. It's the self-centeredness that we see. That's the world that Christ was meaning. God is not necessarily denied in all this. He's just ignored people Because someone could say, I mean, I'm a Christian, I will not make much money, maybe I should not even enter into real estate. No, you need to do that because God wants us to get into this world of entertainment, the world of of trade, the world of uh, law, the world of everything, the world of education. All these are different worlds on the earth that Christ was made himself. And such is the life that most people live right now globally, like I said. And no wonder, like I said, there is no peace, you know, that we see people are even developing mental health issues. Because they have no fear of staying in evil. People are even committing suicide. This morning, um, a prayer warrior was praying against the spirit of suicide. It's true. People think of killing themselves even when they have millions of dollars on their account. We saw one in Italy at the beginning of uh, coronavirus killing themselves right from uh, the topest, most, you know, floor of, of a building with millions of dollars on their account because they have ignored and forgotten the foundation of life, who is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to remember this as we come to the middle of my sermon. That there is no neutral ground in all this. Christ did not say you can be here and be here. There is no neutral ground. You have to have a position. The Bible is clear that the world's inhabitants are either under the influence of the evil world, the cosmos, with its cunning or craftiness or deception or curse, Or they are in Christ and under the direction of the Spirit of God. Amen? It's never going to be both. It's not going to be, it's either or. You either take one or take the other. There is no neutral ground at all. The lines are clearly drawn by the Bible. The question is, where do you fall? Ask your neighbor, where do you fall? That's the question. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 2 and 5, and I want us to read about the sins. Ephesians 2, verse 2 and 5, In which you was walked, according to the course of this world, according to the priests of the power of the air, the Spirit who now works in the sons of these so biddies. Even when we were dead in the trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. The words course of this world in the verse carry a lot of meaning. Carries a lot of meaning of the current or flow. And I want you to remember, brethren, that the world that we are living in, and as the Bible has said, the course of this world, there is this subtocurrent current or a power that runs against and in contradiction to the will and the will of God. You know, you see this every day. You want to bring something godly, something different comes up and someone raises something that is going to be against what you are talking about. And this is the, the wildness that the, the power of God is talking about here. There is unfaithfulness. There is contradiction to the will and way of God. Now, we need to take watch. We need to take watch. These currents are tired and troubled by Satan himself, the evil, the source of evil. And what is their intention? To trap us, you know, and ensnare us, ensnare those who would walk godly in Christ because the devil knows he has very few Days, and wants to trap as many people as they can. And in, long, in, in so doing, Satan employs every device at his command to harass, to tempt, to frustrate, and to hurt the people of God. You know, once you believe the name of God, don't think everything is going to be bed of roses. No. The devil is, actually, that's when it even comes. It will bring sickness. It will bring fights amongst you. It will bring all sorts of evil. But it's you to take watch and know that these are snares that the devil is sending to you. And therefore take watch. So Satan employs all these devices. And his attack is relentless. It never stops. Once we believe Christ, we have the forces of the evil one. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 Ephesians 6:12 when he said for we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers against the rulers of the darkness of the age of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places praise God it is real war brethren it's real war against the world If you haven't seen it, you are yet to see it. But be prepared. Be strong in the spirit. Because he said, once you have the spirit and the belt of Christ himself, you are going to fight. And we need that presence of the Lord in our life as Christians if we are to fight this world. Otherwise, the world is not for us. However, the Christian is not left defenseless. In this war, God provides the power to give us victory. Over Satan, as he writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, if you remember that verse, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Praise God. We are more than conquerors. And that verse gives you the strength to move on, to know that even when you're faced with trouble, even when you're faced with that opposition, Christ is with you and is able to make you conquer the evil one. Praise God. The worst thing is for you to leave him. Once you leave and walk without him, know that you're not going to conquer. Because you'll take decisions that are not controlled by him. Therefore, how do we win when we remain in the world but not of the world? We can overcome the attacks of the evil one and the power of this world system of evil by the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. And we will never overcome by mere human effort. Impossible. By you walking and saying, I'm going to, but you know, they are my friends. Uh, Go there with your friends, but you must have the spirit of the Lord. Otherwise, they will take you. They will take over you. No, but they are my people. No. Just seek the spirit from God. Because that will help you to walk and know and discern from what is evil and what is not evil. We will never overcome by the deeds of righteousness, however commendable they may be. We will never overcome by mere social concern or by identifying with Black Lives Matter and say, so we are okay. You know, or by going into social groups or ministries, by you being a member of New Creation Church by itself, does not qualify you to conga. You need Christ in you. Yes. Praise God. To renew you and make you a new creature. Yes. You know. We will never overcome. By mere sosho kosan. But also the Bible reminds us in Revelations chapter 12 verse 11. Revelations I like this verse. That they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony, yes. we need the blood of the Lamb. And we need to seek the blood of the Lamb to flow all the time. Yes. And to grow and walk in this blood. Because it renews. It brings new life. It, it fights the evil one. Yes. No evil stands where there is blood of Christ. But above all, the second thing Revelations has said is by the word of your testimony. Yes. No, but I believe. I, I already believed. Testify. Speak it out. Let people know that you believed. Yes. Because the Bible says we shall know them by their works and by their words. Don't be deceived and say, I am a friend to people and you are not speaking your position and you're only wanting to, you know, fit within them by speaking like them, you'll have been of the world. Testify and speak out the word. Praise God. God. Speak out your testimony. We are involved in a spiritual conflict, and this is a battle between the forces of God and the forces of Satan. And we are involved in it day by day. We are only asked to choose sides. The Bible warns us about being taken in by the evil of the world. Satan's lies are cleverly mixed with truth, I want to remind you. And when tempted Christ, he was convincingly logical and even quoted scripture. If you remember when you know, Christ was in the wilderness and the evil one, Satan himself, was using the scripture. That tells you that he knows scripture and he can come through scripture. You know, but you know, we are Christians. We can do this, we will still be Christians. No. Know that it won't be that evil man you see out there, it will be even that person you live with. But you must have the power and spirit to discern and know that this is evil and this is not evil. Second Corinthians, as I come. Towards the end, 6.17 says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Praise God. We need to set ourselves apart, and we will not manage to set ourselves apart as children of God if we do not seek his face. We need to be in his presence. We need him to touch us we need to walk with him daily you don't have to say it's a sunday i will be with christ and during the week christ sit here you need to walk with christ day by day in your actions in your work in your daily routine we need christ it's all that that christ is calling us jesus ate with publicans i want to remind us and sinners, if we remember In Mark chapter 2, verse 16, it tells us about all this. But nearly everyone he associated with was called an outcast. You know, the lepers, the what? All these people, he went there. But his relationship with them was not purely social. It was a redemptive type of relationship. And mixing with everyone never meant that he became like them. He only changed them by who he was. Amen? How many people are you changing by your living? You need to change people by the relationship you have with people. Don't stop the relationship, but use the redemptive power of Christ in you to change others. Praise God. We need that. Christians are like the Gulf Stream. I remember this when I... You know, reflected about this world. I remember the Gulf Stream. How many of you know the Gulf Stream? It's in the ocean and yet not part of the ocean. This is mysterious. There is a mysterious current that defies the mighty Atlantic Ocean. It ignores its tides and flows steadily upon its course. Its color is even different. If you have watched it, if you reach home, Google that. You know, it's being deeper blue when the other water is colorless. It's temperature is different. Being even warmer than the rest of the water. The Gulf Stream, in the ocean, but not of the ocean. It's direction is different. Being from south to north, that's what has been researched. It's in the ocean, and yet not part of the ocean. So as Christians, when I looked at this topic of today we are in the world we come in contact with the world and yet through christ we are called to retain our distinctive kingdom character and refuse to let the world press us into the mold of the of the to be molded by the power of the evil one the world is keenly aware of its emptiness it knows it. And of its unfulfilled dreams, people make dreams that are never fulfilled. And they fail to cope with life. The world system is inadequate to meet the deeper needs of human heart. This is ideal soil for implanting the gospel. And that's why God has seen fit to entrust that work of His kingdom to us as Christians. If the world system is to change, If we need to change the world of entertainment, if we need to change the world of stock market, you know, we are not just going to look on. It will be through our witness. It will be through our much needed testimony to people who are in these worlds. And we need this now than ever, given the situations we are in. So I am finalizing with what is our responsibility then? In all this, what is our responsibility? The primary responsibility of a Christian is therefore to proclaim the good news of the gospel. That God loves the world. Praise God. And that God's redemptive power through the cross of our Savior is existing. And seek to save it in times as these we are in. Because God is there and is willing to save us. Then after men and women have come to Christ they go back into the world to live for Christ as witness to the world. So the more people we bring to Christ, the more people we bring into the redemptive power of Christ to live a new life, the more they become salt and light of the world. Praise God. That's Matthew 5. And they have their social, economic, political influence to the world. And, and that's what it is about Christianity. Christianity. Christianity is not being in the church and attending fellowships only. It's getting into the world and being in the world, but not of the world. So that we take influence in the world that we have, God has called us to be. So what influence are you making in the world? That's the question. Ask your neighbor. What influence are you making in the world? We are called not to love, not to hold the world in contempt. We are called to obey its laws. We are called to love those of whom Christ died. And we are called to pray for them as well and witness to them. But also help in all worthwhile ways that are within our means. But even more importantly, we are called to achieve that most difficult of all tasks. Not to be conformed to the world tell your neighbor not to be conformed to the world this is the christian stand it is the christian's job every day that we are not going to be conformed to the world i know it's a very tough time for all of us and the word that we just heard is reminding us of that redemptive power of christ to enable us to live as new beings, to live as new creation in his presence, but above all, to get out and testify of that power of healing and to live lives that are going to influence the other worlds that we live in or work in. We are going to pray. And if you think, you don't want to conform to the world and want God to use you mightily to influence the world in which you work daily. We want to pray for you. Wherever you are, even those who are watching us. Because we believe that Christ has the power to make us live in the world, but not to be of the world. And you cannot do that by yourself. I want us to pray. And if you feel you need to pray that prayer with me you write lift up your hand and we pray because christ is here watching us father we thank you this morning this afternoon because you love us you are worthy our praises thank you for reminding us of your power of the redemption that you alone bought for us on the cross when you send your only son to die for us Lord, look at these, your children who are lifting their hands right in this church, wherever everyone is watching, those who are watching us live. Father, send your spirit right now to touch them, to renew them and give them a new beginning in their lives. That as we live in this world, you will give us that spirit to continue to live as of you and not of the world. We thank you We praise your name. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
0: We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life, where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.